Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. I have had three pivotal experiences over the last two weeks that I want to share the lessons or the takeaways with you over the next few weeks. The first was my visit along with my third year theology students in my theology and development course to the Concola Copper Mine in Chingola, Zambia. The second was my visit to a community school in Kwacha with 2,000 students between grade one and grade nine without a single desk or chair into school. The teachers stood and the children sat on the floor. And my third was my visit to Laupula here in northwestern Zambia to see the Embereshi College of Midwifery and Nursing. That visit took me through the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and I was briefly detained at the border for taking a photograph with my phone. My visit to the Concola copper mine in Tingola led me to the conclusion that Zambia has no excuse to be poor. The Concola copper mine has been in liquidation since 2019, and that means that it is awaiting government identification of an investor to inject further capital into the mining operations. The KCM has been in mining since 1930 in Zambia. It is now being run entirely by Zambians. It has some important features, including the fact that it is the wettest mine in the world and its mine in Chilelabomwe is the deepest mine in Africa, with a shaft that extends at its deepest point to a depth of 1.5 kilometer underground. From its mines, KCM pumps a total of 350,000 cubic meters of water each day that water charges the Encana water supply. It supplies the public and also some of the water is, is supplied to the Kofi River which flows through Kitwe. What was striking to me about the mine in liquidation and managed and operated entirely by Zambians is that it produces 600 tons of copper per day for export. It produces 70 tons of cobalt and copper alloy, and it produces 90 tons of sulfuric acid. It also produces oxygen, which in the heady days of the COVID pandemic, it supplied to hospitals in Zambia. Altogether, 11,000 persons are employed 
at the Concola Copper Mine. In addition, some of the copper produced in Changa is taken to Enkana refinery in Kitwe and is melted down at extremely high temperatures and gold and platinum residue are extracted from it. All of these are for export to Asia and Europe. It was entirely satisfying to my 28 students along with the Dean, Reverend Hastings Monopombo and myself to have been taken through a rather sophisticated chemical process of watching earth that has been dug up from the ground taken through the smelting process through which copper that is 96, 99.6% pure is extracted. Then to watch a process through which the gases are converted to sulfuric acid and then also oxygen produced. The 0.04% slag is further refined and converted to a blue liquid which from which further copper is extracted for sale and export. I came away from the smelting process concluding that KCM has a determination that nothing should be wasted. I had three concerns which I raised with the two lovely ladies from community relations that were our hosts for the tour of KCM and Changa plant in Chincola. The first was that there is no byproduct of copper produced in Zambia. As you know, both Africa and the Caribbean are raw material societies. We do not produce byproducts. As Jamaica extracts bauxites, which it exports to elsewhere to be converted to aluminum, Zambia, with great skill, extracts copper and produces sulfuric acid, acid and oxygen, and gold and platinum but not an ounce or a meter of copper pipe or any other byproduct of copper is produced. Their response was to acknowledge that it is so, but that they are aiming to attract investment which will separate cobalt from copper and that may also go into manufacturing of byproducts. They emphasized, however, that the license which KCM operates under is very narrow. It allows them only for processing and mining. It does not allow for manufacturing. It seems to me that the Zambian people ought to concern themselves with manufacturing and not just mining. Typically, what restricts manufacturing is the high cost of energy. KCM already pays a great deal for electricity to operate the pumps that are used to pump out water from the mine. If electrical power goes for 30 minutes, the mines are flooded and it would take months to be able to reuse them after pumping out the water. Electricity is the most costly items of the mining process. It exports copper at US $1,000 per ton of copper. Imagine how much more could be made if they added value to the copper by manufacturing. 
The other question which I had raised, I had and raised with the copper company was about what I consider the lack of social investment in the communities in which the mine the companies operate and from which copper is extracted. In response to which ladies indicated that corporate social responsibility in KCM because of which social investments are made in communities is built on four pillars, education, health, sustainable livelihoods, and sports. The support for education has led the company to sponsor completely two primary schools, which are high-performing primary schools, trust schools. And it also sponsors five top-performing, the five top-performing students each year from the district throughout their college years. It also has other educational grants that are made to community schools. The second pillar of health leads the company to operate public health facilities accessible to the community at the very highest standards. In terms of sustainable livelihoods, it provides women in certain communities with cattle and farming inputs. It also supports a variety of community economic projects. Its final pillar is sports, and primarily it supports football. It sponsors completely two football teams, the Enchanga Rangers and the Concola Blades. The PR officer then apologized that the company is unable to do more for the community than it currently does. She indicated that whenever the football teams win, the production in the company increases. But she promised that when the company is out of liquidation and when it production targets improve, they will be able to do more for the communities. They raise gratuitously the now receding problem of what are called Gerabos and further nicknamed Copper Copper. That is, that in the past raided the property of the mines and vandalized the property and stole copper for illegal copper markets and smelters mostly operated by the Chinese. It has been treated with as a security concern in response to which a certain police unit has responded with overwhelming force against the Gerabos. Force is always a temporary response. There is need to get more fundamentally to the underlying problem. In Zambia, the company includes and provides for skilled professionals only. Access is for skilled professionals. Others are excluded. What are called gerabos are a demand for economic inclusion. That is the issue that both the state and the mining companies must seek to address. In the 100 years of mining in Zambia and in the less than a decade of gold mining, they are, both, they are both plagued by the overwhelming presence of illegal miners, members of the surrounding communities. The perception is that there is wealth generated in mining, but the communities are not even getting the crumbs from the table. 
a more thorough growing approach needs to be taken to the problem. The Jarabas will go away, but they will come again by another name and in another way. Finally, I raise the question of the physical environment. Extractive industries are notorious for the damage they do to Mother Earth. In the case of copper, it seeks to reduce the earth, the soil, to a single use. Both the open pits and the underground mines reduce the earth to a single use. When the extraction of copper is finished, read gold, platinum, diamond, etc., the earth is finished. No farming can take place, no housing can be built. I raise the question of what are they, they going to do about the damage being done to earth so that trees grow and animals roam in the land of earth's biggest animals of elephants and giraffes and rhinos and hippos in response to which they told me about a very interesting project which i have not yet researched but i'm i am impressed that it has promised they had told us before about the control of sulfur dioxide emission which they have reduced to zero so communities around copper smelters like Concoya and Mufalira can breathe clean air. But now they told us about a project to refill the open pits after use and to plant trees imported from India. The tree is a pyrite pangomer tree that replenishes the earth and produces a pod that is used to produce oil. I commended this idea of refilling or backfilling the soil with which would remove a holocaust from the face of the land of Zambia. I told them they can share the solution to other parts of the extractive industries around the world. We have bauxite mining in Jamaica that could do with a lesson about the pyrite pangomer tree. The Concola copper mine, a company in liquidation run by Africans, improving its production targets and waiting for further investments in technology and reinventing the, the communities is a, reinvesting in the community is in a solid start of the way to reduce poverty and increase wealth in Zambia and at the same time to do justice mother earth.